welcome to the Bevington Banter Podcast with your hosts, Cassidy Pocock, formerly Bevington, and my father, Randy Bevington. I'm excited to be back and do this again. I had a blast on our first podcast and it seemed to be received pretty well. So I'm excited to give episode number two a shot. Yeah. And eventually we've been thinking that this would be a weekly podcast, but for now, it'll probably be more often as we build up our base in order to get onto Apple Podcasts. And something you can do to help us in that process is to share it, uh, follow, comment, um, tell people to listen, and uh, we would really appreciate that. So I'm going to kick this off today. There's kind of something that we don't really have a choice, but we couldn't cover anything else. But last night, after I got home from mashing some softballs, I must say at a slow pitch softball game, I then decided to watch the most tyrannical, dictatorial, divisive speech that I've ever heard from an American leader. And I am going to be using, we're going to be using uh, the transcript from the New York Times of the speech and we'll post, um, I'll try to share whatever links that we use in the episode description. But if you live under a rock, uh, then let us tell you that last night, President Biden gave a speech updating on his vaccine plans, mandates on the COVID situation, the Delta variant. And of course, he opens with all of the great, I'll put in air quotes, things that he's done since the start of his administration. And he go, starts off, one of the first things he says is calling it a pandemic of the unvaccinated and goes on to say the 25% minority is not vaccinated. And he says, quote, that 25% can cause a lot of damage and they are, end quote. And just right off the bat, setting up this division, creating a scapegoat for everything that's happening. And that is to remove the blame from himself and their administration. And also, I think, distracting from other issues, such as the fact that tomorrow is September 11th and the disaster that just happened in Afghanistan. So just that's really the, the point behind this whole thing of create a scapegoat, blame game. And so that when it fails, you know, he can say, well, I did it. It's these people and demonizing his opponents. Yeah, politically, I think you're exactly right. Uh, there's so many things that he has uh, done that need to be distracted from. And it has been uh, a return back to COVID policy, usually as one form of distraction or the topic of climate change. That's in the natural realm. In the spiritual realm, this is being used to uh, test me to see if I will launch into long, lengthy streams of profanity uh, because it's really hard to take. And yes. as of yet, I have uh, I've been successful, but uh, it's crazy. And I, I just am so offended by the way that he speaks to us like uh like we're know, children like we're like we're children yeah, being and, punished. you know going back to almost like the arnold schwarzenegger screw your freedom yes. well <clears throat> yeah well the arnold posters came down immediately as i mentioned so yeah it's just so offensive and this idea that it is a uh one thing i heard a statement recently that i thought was a great point it's not it's no longer a pandemic it's an endemic yes it's like it's, the flu it's here with us yes right. and, and it's always going to be uh a, 
the idea of it's of the unvaccinated. You know, the only people that are really scared about this and continue to carry on and fret are the vaccinated. vaccinated. It's crazy. The entire thing, the speech and the plan is based on a logical fallacy to begin with. And that he states in the speech, quote, I want to emphasize that the vaccines provide very strong protection from COVID-19, end quote. And then later, quote, your risk of severe illness from COVID-19 is very low, end quote, speaking of if you're fully vaccinated. And so he at one time is trying to say that the vaccine works, you're protected. Well, at the same time saying that the unvaccinated are this great risk to the vaccinated and it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated and the the two can't be true at the same time. If the vaccine works, then why do you care if I'm vaccinated or not? You're protected. Yeah, that's what's so crazy about it and so frustrating is that anybody that wants to get vaccinated that's above the age of 12 can get vaccinated. And if the vaccine is what they say it is, then the pandemic is over for you. You no longer have to worry about the risk of severe illness. And from what I understand by seeing numbers, that seems to be doing pretty well. It's not that people uh, never can get uh, infected after they've been vaccinated, but the rates are much lower than with the unvaccinated and it isn't as severe. So that's great. So what is the problem? Anybody that wants it can get it. It's free. It's available. It's out there. Probably within a couple of miles of your house, you can go get a vaccine. At that point, the pandemic, the crisis, the worry, the fear of it is over. So the idea that we have to vaccinate everyone in order to keep them safe, no, uh, I mean, yeah, we do, but you don't need to have the unvaccinated because if you have the vaccine, you're safe. You should not fear me if I'm unvaccinated, if you have the vaccine. I also noticed in this entire speech, no mention once of natural immunity, which is much longer lasting, doesn't require a booster. Evidence shows to protect you from getting COVID-19 and a severe case of COVID-19 than the vaccine is. You know, I keep hearing the word tyrannical. Uh, you hear the word hypocrisy, and I thought uh, I thought Matt Walsh made a great point uh, here a couple a week or so ago. He said, "This is not hypocrisy. This is who these people are. Mm. Th- this is what they do. They're not being hypocritical. It's that you know we're the elites. We do what we want. You just do what we tell you. Right? It's they haven't hypocrisy. hidden. They haven't hidden it whatsoever. No, it's, attempted it's to. really blatant. And this is maybe a little bit off topic, but I was thinking about this last night. That you know, have we gone too far? Uh, whether or not this can be recovered, because since Biden has come into office, they have just gone uh, off the rails aggressive. It's just ramped up so much. Yes. And I would like to come back to that. Um, But I'd like to go through kind of the points of the plan and some of the issues with that. And then I think that's definitely a good place to come back to. I, the next thing he said is about uh, a quote, many said they were waiting um, talking about the the 80 million, he says, left unvaccinated. And he says, quote, many said they were waiting for approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Well, last month, the FDA granted that approval. So the time for waiting is over, end quote. And so he's saying, what are you waiting for? That We have the approval, government approval now. So it's safe. However, I thought people, the people who said that, many of them, the FDA approval means nothing to them because they don't trust the 
quote, you know, the so-called authorities anymore, or these government entities on any anything COVID related because they were flip-flopping virtually every single day. So how can we trust what you say anymore? And how can we believe that, you know, what if you just decided this morning that now it's fully approved? Right. The, I, and I'm I not accusing it. them of that. I'm just saying that that is, they have created the environment in which we can no longer trust them. Yeah, they've completely destroyed it and it's not going to be restored. It's not going to just flip the switch and like, oh, now we trust you because this has been going on now for 18 months. And I wrote an article on Substack a while back saying how politicization uh, just destroys trust. Once you've politicized something, you don't know what you can believe to be factual. And it's obvious to everyone that this has become highly politicized. So it's no longer about the facts, the data, the science, as they like to say, because as you've just highlighted in Biden's speech last night, he says 180 degree opposite things just moments apart. Yes. So how do you know what to trust and what to believe? And even the FDA approval, that is not factually true that it has been FDA approved. It has been approved so that it can be in the process. They actually, the process at the earliest can be completed is 2023 to receive full FDA approval. So if you need to look more into that, um, you know, you can research that online, but that's my understanding is that it's not actually been fully approved. It's just that everything is in place now to, to get the approval. Mm. If everything pans out, which is still two years away. I was even unaware of that. Um, so now getting into his actual plan, what he says he's going to do to end this pandemic, which really isn't a pandemic. The first thing he says is the that announces that, quote, the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week, end quote. And later, he says, quote, the Department of Labor will require employers with 100 or more workers to give those workers paid time off to get vaccinated, end quote. And I thought, who is paying for all of this? Are you forcing the employers to pay for all of this? How are you going to regulate this, police this? This is, he's going through OSHA, which is a federal entity that is supposed to, you know, regulate workplace problems. This is COVID-19 is not a workplace problem. It's a societal problem. And it's not any worse in the workplace than it, there's no data that shows it's widespread in workplaces. Right. So what even, why does OSHA even have authority? Right. We already have staffing shortages in every industry. This is just going to leave more people to right. leave their jobs and, if they. And why you know. one company, if you have over a hundred employees, but another company, if you have 99 employees, right. what, what's, I mean, what is, what is the difference in safety there depending on, and, and again, it's not a workplace safety issue right. because anyone that wants to get vaccinated and thus be protected can do that. It's just so trying to it's circumvent. Put, it's no one he, in knows, danger. he knows he doesn't have the authority to just mandate it for all of the population. So they're trying to circumvent that with these other avenues. However, I don't think they have the authority for this either. And there's already, you know, legal workings in process. Right. And it, I would expect to see this go to pretty high courts pretty quickly. Right. And I actually saw uh, a tweet, I think it was his uh, Ron Klain, I think chief of staff was saying that this 
saying, using the word workaround or something right. to that effect. And I mean, he, you're admitting and the reason saying is, the part he, out he loud. Knows, yes, they know that they don't have the authority to do these things. And yet he's saying, basically, I don't care. I'm going to do them anyway. Just like with the rent moratorium. Uh, you we know, he said, the- I don't have the authority, but we're going to do it anyway. And for as long as until it gets shot down by courts, at least we got what we wanted for as long as we did. Right. And and that's one that drives me crazy because without private property ownership rights, we are not the United States. It's just that simple. And they basically took away private property ownership rights when they told landlords you couldn't collect rent. Yeah. Obviously, that's now been, uh, you know, thrown out or overruled. But um, it's as more extensions of his, you know, using his power where he doesn't have any. I'll just get through, just share all of these real quick so everyone knows. So he says that he will, quote, extend the vaccination requirements that pre- I previously issued in the healthcare field, end quote. So he already required it for all nursing home workers, which that seems fair. They're working with the highest risk population. Not a mandate, but, you know, it seems reasonable that they would get the vaccine, if anybody. But he says then that he will, quote, expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home health care facilities, or other medical facilities, end quote. He also says he will, quote, sign an executive order that will now require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated. And, end quote. And then another, quote, another executive order that will require federal contractors to do the same end quote. And so these are all these executive orders and requiring people to get vaccinated. And, and also there's a lot of exemptions to that federal employee. And I've heard, you know, public sector unions that postal workers are exempt, but I had trouble finding the exact verbiage for that. But I, I can definitely assure you that there are several um, unions already pushing back. And just this horrible precedent that has been set over the past several administrations using executive order to legislate. He does not have legislative power. If any of these vaccine requirements are legal, it is not at the federal level through the federal government, perhaps at the state level, but it's certainly not through the executive branch. What happened to our legislature? Well, that's a whole other podcast. But the legislator no longer legislates. That way they can't get blamed for anything. (laughs) But I think there's no way that this can stand in court. No, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be easily defeated on the uh, in the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, because it has to be applied to everybody equally. And you can't mandate that federal soldiers be um, vaccinated and then let over 600,000 federal postal workers not be vaccinated when the federal postal workers are interacting on a Going day-to-day door to basis door. with us much more so than yes. all these other people. yes yeah the army can kill me from a mile away I, i'm not that's more than enough social distance but when the mailman hands me my mail he might be handing me covid yeah i also thought with the healthcare workers, there already have been nurses walking out in places. There's large populations of people who work in healthcare who do not want this vaccine. Right. And we already have a nursing shortage. And that's why it's not actually a bed shortage in these hospitals. Right. They're not filled to capacity with unvaccinated right. people with COVID. No, it's a staffing shortage. So that you're just right. going to make this problem worse. Let, let's talk about that for a second, because um, the idea that uh, who's who's rejecting the vaccines 
we are being made to think that it's just all this, you know, middle America, you know, flyover country gun in the back of his pickup truck, you know, people when the largest un unvaccinated um, group by education are PhDs. So the most highly educated people are the least vaccinated. Let's also talk about the fact that uh, blacks are the lowest ethnicity when it comes to vaccination. Yet he also talks how and, it is disproportionately affecting the minority community. And, but then you're going to turn around and you're going to ban that ethnic group from being able to enter a restaurant or a theater or, or be, be involved in public life or be employed. And, and you know, it's just, yeah, you want to say again, the hypocrisy, but it's not I hypocrisy. Liked, it's I like just, Candace Owens said, uh, about getting vaccinated, you have to have an ID to get a vaccine. And so Candace Owens said, well, I'll just say, well, I'm black. I can't get an ID. So how can I get the vaccine? Yeah, exactly. And that's where it gets just, you just get into crazy land is where, you know, uh, blacks are not getting vaccinated. And yet we turn around and there's no mention of that. But then they talk about how, you know, how bad and, and, and so you're going to be excluded from all these things and then you turn around and say oh but blacks are being treated terribly if they can't if you have to have voter id well you just are eliminating them from participating in all kinds of levels of society life. yeah because of vaccination so it's just it, it's all a lie and, and the majority at least half of america sees the blatant hypocrisy of it it really is i've uh, had occasion where i'm somewhere i don't normally watch them but where CBS news is on, you know, the evening news. And I listen to it and it's just jaw dropping as to how they discuss the events that are going on, you know, currently and what's not talked about. And so I've realized that there's a good portion. If you watch CBS, ABC, CNN, read the New York times, you know, LA times, whatever, you literally don't know a lot of what you and I would sit here and talk about on a podcast. You, you don't know. You are completely clueless because it is not put out there. Can we talk boosters? So again, he reiterated saying, quote, if you're fully vaccinated, you're highly protected from severe illness, even if you get COVID-19, end quote. But then immediately goes into this logical contradiction that, quote, last month, our top government doctors announced an initial plan for booster shots for vaccinated Americans. He then goes on to say that, quote, the decision of which booster shots to give or when to start them and who will give them will be left completely to the scientists at the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control, end quote. However, we already know this isn't true because I will cite in New York Post article uh, in the show description that two senior FDA officials have already resigned because of his interference and um, plan for boosters. I was just going to make that point. I didn't know if you were headed in that direction or not. But yes, they uh, two of these officials have resigned because let's look at all the things he'll say. Oh, we can't do that. You know, my experts tell me, the lawyers tell me, advisors tell me we can't do that. And then a week later, a month later, we just do it. And so why should we believe that? And yes, we know that's not true. Like you said, when uh, last week, two FDA officials resigned because they're not following the proper science to determine whether or not there should be boosters and how they should be done and who should get them and the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. Now, nothing can be done this fast. Let's think about how the government normally operates. You've worked in the government. I've worked in the military, you know, a, a form mm -hmm. of the government. 
um, everything it takes years to get through the process. Uh, tell That's me why how when I the- got there in 2016, started working full time, we we're still rocking windows, you know, I don't know, two generations behind. <laughs> hey, don't get me started. I could still work on <laughs> windows 95 and it'd be just fine. Uh, but anyways, the, nothing happens this quickly nothing you can't get this volume of data and analyze you know and, and analyze it and and uh, run all the proper protocols and everything else to make these decisions and here they're just doing things virtually from one day to the next moving on next he tackled schools and our children and so he says quote the third piece of my plan is keeping and he's, and maybe most in the most important is keeping our children safe and this the, our schools open end quote so suddenly he cares about schools being open when a year ago he didn't seem motivated at all to get them open and then also says that quote the safest thing for your children 12 and older is to get them vaccinated end quote we know this is not true the risk for children is so low even if they get it, the risk that they will be hospitalized is so low. The The increase in children in hospitals right now is not COVID. Yeah, they might also have COVID, but RSV uh, is another respiratory illness is way worse right now in kids. And it's because they've been cooped up for a year. Right. And Our- also the vaccine is not safe for young men in their teens and 20s. Right. Uh, there's a there's an article several places, but uh, Reuters one I'll, I'll cite that the the high risk for myocarditis, myocarditis and pericarditis, which is heart inflammation from the vaccines versus an extremely minimal risk for hospitalization if they even get COVID. So you're weighing. It's not that we, you know, we've already said, yes, it's shown. It looks like the vaccine does help you. And if you do get it, it keeps you out of the hospital. However, the risk there there's a risk and reward it's a cost benefit analysis and i'm really not at is, high risk right and it really is very it really does vary for on age group i mean yes. it is not the same for a 16 year old male as it is for an 80 year old man it's not anywhere near the same i saw the number what you were just speaking about with the young men in certain age category it could be like as much as 123% more likely that you have a negative reaction to, to the, the vaccine, vaccine than to getting the coronavirus. Yeah. So, and again, it's and not about it's keeping the schools open. If you're also, it's young, healthy, uh, and other, you know, pre-existing conditions. What they don't talk about is like the number one pre-existing condition seems to be being overweight or obese. And so young, healthy people uh, really don't need to be doing this. It's not right. the healthiest thing for you, the safest thing for you. Right. Yeah, so it's then not that... at all about schools and education and keeping right. the kids safe. Uh, it's honestly, okay, here's, I just thought that it's not about keeping the kids safe. It's what is, you know, what are the things that people hold the most control over them? We can get adults to give up their own, you know, their kind of like you were saying in the last podcast, how, how much more like yeah your own joy but seeing your kids joy so how much more that control that you might give in and get the vaccine but you hold your kids and you know you want to keep them safe and protect them against all things and the government's thinking if we can get them to hand their kids over to us we've completely got them right and i'm certainly not going to let you know my healthy 60 year old son who i'm not concerned about 
you know, having a fatal response uh, to COVID get a vaccine that could cause a lifelong heart problem. You have no idea what the lasting impacts of that are. It's hard. Because it's, it's because it's, these things are so obvious. They're not, they shouldn't even be debatable. And yet to have uh, a government who is, uh, you know, pushing these things on us and the kids and the vaccines, the kids aren't at high risk. They, they, they don't transmit it very much. So why, I mean, we've been through all this with last year's school year. So why are we doing this again? It just, it, it, none of it. Well, don't you know, comes out of their mouth that is there's true. been no educational decline from the year spent at home. Yeah. Right. Give me a break. Well, let's also say there has been, I mean, a, a lot of schools, including where, you know, my wife teaches, they had open school last year. Um, and there was really no issue. There was no real cases. Um, not that people didn't get coronavirus, but Just there like were no negative. Right. right. Yeah. And then he goes on to continue this demonization uh, process and says, quote, my plan also takes on elected officials in states that are undermining you and these life saving actions, end quote. And then says, quote, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way, end quote. What? How, get them out of the way. How? And what power? What power as president? Maybe power as king, King Biden, to remove people. There's no presidential power for this. No, there isn't. But I also go back to it's even he's building that on a false premise. He says, for those that are putting you in danger, how right, are you being not, put in danger? Right. Walk down the street to the they're Walmart and get me. the jab and be done with it. Mm -hmm. It's it's just. Yeah, it's, these, it's all built on a false premise. He's, he's talking about, you know, most notably, of course, Rob Ron DeSantis. Rob Ron DeSantis never told people not to get the vaccine. No, he was he's, super aggressive. Yeah, he's encouraged vaccinated. it. He just right. doesn't want to require it. So all of a sudden, right. he's undermining you and putting you in danger. Um, people, this, people can get the vaccine and be done with the COVID. And for that matter, I mean, for me, I was done with COVID about two weeks after it started because, one, I'm not afraid of dying. Yeah. So, so I'm, I was done with COVID and, um, I'm, I take, you know, I'm healthy. I take, uh, normal precautions that we would to keep. You're saying this, you've got a valve, a heart valve replacement at the beginning of right when COVID started. Yeah. I mean, I got home from the hospital and the world shut down three days later. Yeah. So, but by day 11, but I mean, you are I was completely, starting yeah. you were a yeah, rare cardio and by day for, yes. seven weeks into it, I was cleared medically, I met the standard to start flying again. So, I mean, I am healthy. So right. yes, for a couple of weeks, I took it, you know, I took it cautious and we were cautious, but I'm not doing this forever. So no, at some so point you have the, to live your life. Right. The idea too, is um, they started saying, I was going to say earlier, some of the media and, and, and uh, Hollywood were saying, if you don't have the vaccine and you get it, well, don't go to the hospital because they shouldn't give you a bed. Okay. So if you smoke, Right. Four packs a day your entire life right. and you get lung cancer. What about, don't come in here saying you want right. treatment. The number one comorbidity for corona is obesity. Yes. The last number I saw was 78% of people that have died from coronavirus have been obese. So are we going to say start saying, look, if we've, we've been telling you to lose weight and, and stop being obese. Sorry, we're not going to treat you. Uh, we've told you not to use intravenous drugs and have homosexual anal intercourse. We're not going to treat you for AIDS. I mean, is and that what we're going to do? People, 
people there has been a healthcare people saying that they have made an effort to get healthier and you know no longer be obese because of this there has been um some people that have been awakened to this oh that's the number one comorbidity and they are trying to get so it's people know this is not in my neighborhood (laughs) people of walmart.com half those pictures Uh, are taken at your walmart i think yes i've (laughs) taken a few myself (laughs) oh man all right before we get too far down that rabbit hole uh, the, the next, he says, the fifth piece of his plan, and this is just laughable to me, quote, but infuriatingly laughable, quote, the fifth piece of my plan is protecting our economic recovery, end quote. I love this, quote, we've had a record job creation for a new administration, end quote. Um, the jobs that you eliminated, I don't know what jobs you're also. Well, given, the, given that the world given was the job, shut down and yeah. nobody was working. It's a it's be hard not to have record job creation. But even that being said, your failing job report numbers say otherwise. Uh, CNBC report on the on the August uh, job report uh, showed that 235,000 positions were added uh, as opposed to the 720,000 that were expected. Yeah, every month it, the job numbers are worse than what they it, expect. That is way worse i didn't do a percentage but well that's like three times 32 yeah 33 percent. yeah a third um and then says you know what they're going to do of course is expand the loan disaster program for those businesses in case it continues to uh, impact their business so our first plan was throwing money at it Throwing money at the problem failed. So what's his new plan? Throw more money at it. And where is this money coming from? You could say taxpayer dollars. So, you know, if you're poor, you might say, oh, well, that's fine. It's just the wealthy and the rich subsidizing these businesses. No, it'd be more accurate to say that this is just monopoly money printed up by the government. And so therefore bringing down the overall value of the American dollar. So everyone operating with the American dollar is being impacted by this equally. This is going to, it's destroy. It will destroy the economy. Yeah. They sit there and they say, well, the market is doing good. The market is going up. And that is true overall. Uh, But the dollar is losing purchasing value. So, so what? It doesn't do me any good to have more money in my retirement because it's in the market and it's going up when the do- those dollars are going to be able to purchase less because of all this monopoly money that's out there that we have too much money that they've pumped into the system chasing too few goods. Right. That's the textbook definition of inflation. Why do we have too few goods? Because they're paying people not to go back to work not just the production of goods, but also the transportation and delivery of those goods. People are having to wait. You know, you just can't get parts. You can't get materials. You can't get deliveries. It's, you know, the supply to stock up. It's just, it's, it's all, um, we're behind what we would call the, uh, the power curve in the military. We'd say we were behind the power curve. Um, th- this is not how you fix it. You do not pump more monopoly money into the system and yet make it uh, impossible or very difficult to produce the goods that our economy needs. I definitely fear for our future and financial assets, buy assets, hard assets. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm getting old enough to where I'm finally for the first time started thinking about retiring someday. And this is a real, this is a real, I'm in a real conundrum about how do I do this? How do I approach this um, to rethink my retirement strategy? Unfortunately, so, they used to say property is one of the best ones, except now if nobody has to pay you rent to live there as long as they want, that may not be the answer. Yeah. So, so the last point of his plan is this um, his sixth point, quote, sixth, we're going to continue to improve the care of those who do get COVID-19, end quote. And then uh, another quote, we're increasing the availability of new medicines recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy theorists, the monoclonal antibody treatments he goes on to talk about. And I would say, yeah, good. I'll give him credit for the mono monoclonal antibody treatments, for recognizing them and saying we're going to continue them. They have been shown to work. However, let's talk ivermectin because you know that's what he's talking about when he says conspiracy theorists. Yeah, it is a horse dewormer. It's used for horses. It's not just a horse dewormer. It has been used to treat humans, people, for other things. Notably, you hear people talking about this river blindness thing. It's a Nobel Prize winning drug for use in humans. So why not give it a chance? They won't even listen to it. The only reason not to even, not to explore it is to force control over us via the vaccination, forcing us into vaccination. Right. Well, there's the back to the politicization of the topic because there has been literally nothing at the federal scientific level discussed during this whole thing, other than creating and then taking a vaccine, wearing a mask, locking down and distancing. There have been literally no other options presented, not right. even be healthy, lose weight, take zinc. I mean, no, there are people out there that will say, you know, take zinc, take vitamin C, take, take uh, vitamin D, D3, get sunlight. They'll, there are people out there saying that, but none of that comes from the federal government or the federal right. scientific community. Zero. So, yeah. So, do it, they it, really care about the issue? So, so those it's are easy, it's easy things everyone could do. If they really cared about keeping people healthy, they would be saying those things. Right. And the ivermectin, uh, you know, is primarily an antiparasitic in human yes. beings, but yeah. also has some antiviral. So if you see the people that have the elephantitis of the legs, this you know crazy mm -hmm. swelling enlargement, that's a parasite. And that's the kind of thing that it's used for. And it's been used very, very successfully. So it's, you know, but again, literally people, if you watch CNN, ABC, et cetera, you don't know that. You literally don't know that. And it just goes back to the point that, you know, it's not about, the, the whole thing is a lie. It's not about COVID-19. It's distracting from the other issues. It's just gaining more control over our lives. It's power grabs. And I, like I've said, I don't think that these things will be implemented because I think there's no authority and the, it should be stopped on legal grounds. Like we've already said, equal protection under the 14th amendment and some other things, but it's in the fact that it's not a federal power or an executive power. It would need to be done through legislative ways, if at all. But it's still horrifying and saddening that we're at this point that our president feels like he can come out and say these things and push for these things. You work for us. You do not tell us what to do. Right. But they think that they can because they say that they're responsible for the general, you know, the general welfare. We have to protect all of Americans. But again, it's a false argument. If you want to be protected, go get the shot. It's two miles, it's two blocks away. 
And I'm thinking End of this, story. Even if you say you you know you work for us, if they said, well, it's the minority that's not vaccinated, so clearly I am working on behalf of the majority. Just because seventy five percent of people are vaccinated doesn't mean who are eligible are vaccinated doesn't mean that those seventy five percent agree that everyone needs to be. And there are plenty of do- people vaccinated who say, you know, I got it because I wanted to, but I don't think if, anyone else should have to. If you believe I'm protected, in the vaccine, I'm fine. Though, Right. If you believe in the vaccine, exactly. why are you so worried about everybody else getting vaccinated? And a lot of them aren't. And the people that it's the vocal aren't mon- vaccinated, by, the vocal they could minority. get vaccinated if they want to. So it's their choice if they don't get vaccinated. The only thing I only positive I can possibly see coming out of this because, right, this idea of have we gone too far? Have we gone too far? And is there hope? The only possible positive I see is that hopefully, you know, that he's gone over the edge, pushed too far, that it'll bring all of this to a head. Possibly if it gets up to the Supreme Court, you know, they'll be forced to rule on these things and finally be able to put an end to Chevron deference or um, which allows government agencies in the non-delegation doctrine um, and precedent, which allows government agencies free reign to create and enact whatever regulations they want. And that's been going on for a long time. And there are so many, you know, unnecessary regulations and red tape that make it hard for people to live their lives. And this way of going through OSHA to do these things, if it could bring this to an end, that would be amazing. As far as going too far, um, you know, you and I have go back and forth on this. And I was thinking about this last night that, you know, as it's been called the deep state, it's so, it's so entrenched. They've got so many levers of power uh, this has been going on for so long. It's like, I was thinking about it, it's like the game Risk. Um, when I was in the Navy, guys would play Risk on the ship all the time when you're at sea. I mean, they would be like marathon games that would go on for days. Um, but the thing is, and you sit there and you're, and you're watching this, and some guy, he's still in the game, and he's got a little bit of landmass, but it doesn't matter. The game is over. There's no way you come back from that because another person or people, they have so much that it it becomes easier and easier for them to acquire more. You, there's no undoing it. And I, I, I kind of feel like we're at that level. There's just, that's why they're going so fast and so aggressively and so dictatorial is because they know they can. There's they've just accumulated so many levers of power. It's so ingrained that you might still be holding. We might we're out here screaming, you know, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. They've already shredded that. Yeah, it doesn't matter because we've got. It doesn't matter because we've got so much power. It it, it, it's just a matter of time until you lose. So you're coming over to my side that we're doomed. (laughs) So what do we do? (laughs) What are you gonna do? Uh, have well, you're going to have what I'm speaking about this Sunday is have the long view, have an eternal perspective. I like I mean, that's that. Ultimately, that's you are ultimately. coming over to. <laughs> you sound more and more like me. I mean, we've always. I mean, as a Christian, you should have always have known that. Yes, that's yes. where our citizenship is, right. and that's what really makes a difference. And like I, I said, uh, I don't know if it was on the podcast last time or in in one of our services at church that it, it doesn't. Uh, we could end up being a socialist country for centuries yes and it doesn't change i think it was on a phone call just with me it it doesn't change um the fact that that doesn't mean we're in the end times because it has nothing to do with america it has to do with israel it all like i've said when i yeah i'll fight for american values and to take our country back um i'll stand for that i shouldn't say fight 
I don't know. I'm not going to go out on the aggressive, but I will stand for it and until it is no longer possible, as long as it is possible. However, uh, as I've said, I also, when I read my Bible, it tells me that it's not a matter of when we, or if, if we lose the America as we know it, but when. And so if that is where we're headed, then that's where we're headed. And so, yeah, I'll stand for America, but in the meantime, and long, you know, for as long as America exists and after it, what I will primarily stand for is the kingdom of God and his plan and his purpose. There's some specific things that you need to know about that as far as end times, it's, um, we're, we're, it could happen very rapidly. That's not what I'm saying. Um, situations could change that bring on end time events as we read in scripture. It could happen very quickly. Right. I always think but- about the fact that it happened very quickly. You know, one night I went to bed and there was a divided Germany and I got up in the morning and the wall was down and it, it ended that fast. Uh, Soviet Union kind of fell in their traditional communist way. I mean, obviously they're still communists, but it, it fell as far as their isolationism and totalitarianism pretty quickly. So it could happen pretty quickly, but there are specific events that have to happen and they haven't happened yet. Right. So people equating like America to this sign that the end times is coming, what you're saying is that's not true, right? right? We could lose America and still be living for, yes, exactly. If you want to, I just, I just watched an interview and I was sitting here trying to look up uh, the name to remember. I saw an interview just recently with a gentleman named Curtis Yarvin. And if anybody wants to look up him or read him, uh, he explains really why uh, what we see happening on the TV and reading in our newspapers with these top executives, you know, elected politicians and stuff. It's not the same. It's, it's not where the real power is and what really is driving on in America. It is that under level bureaucracy. That's just always there and just always functioning. And he equates it to like a storm going on on the surface and there's waves crashing, but down on the reef underneath, you might be getting a little wiggle you know, it might wiggle you a little bit as you're feeding off the algae and the reef, but you're barely noticing what's going on up on the top. Life goes on as normal down there. And that's where the bureaucracy is. And that's where it's what's really running. So he says that like a Biden right now has one one hundredth of the power of the executive branch as an FDR did. He says, we think we're voting for a president like FDR was. And he goes, it's not even the same thing because all these levers of power I was talking about, they're so entrenched and so in place that it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference and about what's going up on the surface at, at say the president's level and all that. And think about it. Do you mean because Donald Trump was, was, was um, thwarted time and time again. Do you mean because they've created such a large government, all these different agencies and entities that that's where, and that's this Chevron deference I'm talking about that, the agency, they have free reign to just regulate whatever they right. want. Right. And that's why legislators there's no don't constitutional, legislate. There's no constitutional right. basis for that. And that's why legislators don't legislate because they've got bureaucrats to regulate for yeah. them to do what they want. And then they oh, don't man. get the blame because they don't get, because they didn't pass any legislation. If I had the authority, I don't want to say if I was president because you wouldn't even be able to accomplish this, but so, but just, a dream state is just eliminating like half, not more than yes. half of these government agencies, yes. these four letter agencies. You know, I wanted to comment. Are we kind of wrapping up on that? Yeah, I think, you know, we've been going. I know that we wanted to talk about 
there are other things we, and maybe we'll just launch you know make it two episodes another episode talking about some of the Af- afghanistan things um because biden ended his speech as uh pre- i know presidents always end their speeches like this with and may god protect our troops but man this time hearing him say it just made me want to vomit with the way he's just flippantly treated our troops in afghanistan and that disaster but um yeah maybe we split that into another episode yeah that when he says that kind of thing and and when you watch what you're right just occurred you if that doesn't tell you of what a sham all this is this is just theater this is just yeah he got up there and he said the thing that you're supposed to say but you know that there's no reality to it because you just watch him pull off the dumbest you know withdrawal from a country it just made no sense and there's been so little care and i was just i will just say this this proves to, that it's all just theater in that they say they got those they got people sitting there who want to get out. They got planes that they won't let them release. I just posted something about this last night. Is like they, they say, well, the, the paperwork, you know, some of the people's paperwork is not in order. Okay. If some of the people's paperwork is not in order to leave Taliban or Tal- uh, Afghanistan, get the ones who are, whose paperwork is in order, put them on a plane and fly them out. If anybody has paperwork that is squared away, fly them out. And as others get squared away, then fly them out too. And I don't want to hear about the cost because you throw $10 billion around like you flip quarters. So, okay, if all these hundreds of people, their paperwork's not squared away, fine. But if 10 of them is, put them on a plane and get them out. And the fact that you're not doing that tells me that you don't really care because you're getting exactly what you want. To bring it back to this speech and this COVID issue, it just reiterates that point we've made that it's not about safety. It's not about protecting people, protecting Americans. Right. right. That's not what any of this is about. Right. Well, hopefully we've uh, caused a few people to think and uh, about something and maybe pass along hopefully some information. Hopefully we didn't ruin your day too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't mean to There's depress hope. you. That's what I yeah. always, like you said, keeping an eye on the eternal, uh, even despite, yeah, this angers me and enrages me, but it doesn't, you know, mess up the security that I know that, yeah, that I have in my future and my eternity. Right. Right. So share this with somebody, follow us, comment. We love to see that. And, uh, and uh, let us know what you want to hear, what you want more of, what you like. Yeah. If you want to tell us like. something you'd like for us to talk about, um, yeah, you should leave that in the comment. All right. All right.